Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. First of all, let me welcome you. I also want to welcome Reverend Wayne Horn, who, who's uh, a proud grandfather of little Harper, who's going to be baptized. And I understand what it means to get a chance to do that. And so we're glad and welcome you and your family here. Let me give you guys a few announcements before we get started with our worship. Today is the library day for the kids. After the children's moments, be looking for Miss Beth to carry you away. I also want to remind you that uh, Paul and Olympia and Scarlett Eddy joined the church at the 9 o'clock service. And little Scarlett will be baptized coming up in a few weeks. There is several announcements concerning meetings and things. No confirmation class today. The children will meet. On Wednesday is the fellowship meal, remind you, the monthly fellowship meal. And next Saturday, the men want you to know one more time about the barbecue yard sale. That's next Saturday. Then coming up on the 5th, the Sunday 5-5, is the last children's Sunday program before, uh, for the spring semester before we begin the children's uh, uh, summer programs on Wednesdays. And just a little further out, I want to remind you, 5-11, vision in session, 5-12, the children's musical at the 9 o'clock service, 5-17, Relay for Life, and before you know it, Vacation Bible School will be here. I know that's hard to believe, but it will be here at 6-9, and I've been asked to tell you that if you have any questions or you'd like to volunteer, see Katie. If you have any questions about the men's, uh, see Eric, see Harriet for Relay for Life information and see Jessica about the children's musical. And one other thing, but don't tell Jessica, there's gonna be a surprise today from two to four in the social hall. Oh, oh Jessica's in here, I'm sorry. Two to four uh, as we do bridal shower for Jessica and David, okay? That's today, drop in two to four, and we hope to see you there. And I believe that's all that I have. So let us begin our worship together.
Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Eternal God, you raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, and by your Holy Spirit brought to life your church. Breathe upon us again with your Spirit, and give new life to your people. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated, and I invite you to, to pull out of the bulletin the baptismal liturgy, and I invite the Horn family to come forward at this time. You want anybody else to come up? You want them all to come up? This is it? Okay. All right. The church is of God and will be preserved to the end of time for the conduct of worship and the new administration of God's word and sacraments, the maintenance of Christian fellowship and discipline, the edification of believers and the conversion of the world. All of every age and station stand in need of the means of grace which it alone supplies. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to little children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God.
the Son. being born of the water and the spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those who have been baptized into Christ's holy church are welcomed into this congregation of the United Methodist Church. This child is now a preparatory member. Members of the household of God, I commend this person to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith confirm her hope and perfect her in love and let the congregation respond. Now let us pray. O oh God, our Heavenly Father, grant that this child, as she grows in years, may grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by the restraining and renewing influence of the Holy Spirit, she may ever be a true child of thine, serving thee faithfully all her days. So guide and uphold the parents and sponsors of this child, that by loving care, wise counsel, and holy example, they may lead her into that life of faith whose strength is righteousness, and whose fruit is everlasting joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve and keep you now and forevermore. Amen. Congratulations. And now we let our children come forward for our children's time. Good morning. How is everybody? Good. I have a question. I've kind of discovered something that rules are everywhere. Do y'all agree with that? Do you find rules everywhere you go? Where do you find rules? At home? At school? Do we have rules at church? Yeah? 
Well, we learned that when we don't follow those rules that we have everywhere, we don't get along too well, do we? Things seem to happen when we decide not to follow those rules. Well, I found this list of rules called the Golden Rules for Living, and I don't know who wrote them, but I think they make a lot of sense, and I want to read them to you this morning. Are you ready? If you open it, close it. If you turn it on, turn it off. If you unlock it, lock it. If you move it, put it back. If it belongs to someone else, get permission before you use it. If you borrow it, return it. If you don't know how to operate it, leave it alone. If you use it, take good care of it. If you break it, admit it. If you can't fix it, call somebody who can. If you mess it up, clean it up. And if it's none of your business, don't ask any questions. <laughs> Do you think those are good rules? So I thought some of them were good. Some of them made me laugh. But I think if we all follow these rules, it might be a pretty good place around here. What do you think? Yeah, they kind of make sense. Well, even Jesus knew the importance of rules, and he wanted us to know the importance of rules too. One day Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he knew the day was coming when he would return to heaven. So he was trying to prepare his disciples for that. And he wanted them to be okay when he was no longer with them. He wanted to leave them with something that would help them live in such a way that people would see them and know that they were followers of Jesus. Well, he says to them, I will be with you only a little while longer, and then you will look for me, but you will not find me, because you cannot go where I am going. I give you a new commandment, a new rule. You must love each other just as I have loved you. And if you love each other, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Don't you feel the same way that you want people to look at you and know that you believe in Jesus, that we're followers of him? I feel that way. And so I think if we obey that one command that I read earlier, love one another as I have loved you, then we're probably doing that, aren't we? People will be able to see that we're disciples of Christ if we follow that one simple rule. Well, I made copies of the Golden Rules for Living to help you remember what I shared with you this morning. And then I also have another page to help you remember this new commandment that if we love each other as God loved us, then everybody will know who we are followers of. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? And then I'll give you these pages. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much that you gave your life for us. Help us to love one another as you loved us. Amen. The scripture today is Psalm chapter 148, verses 1 through 14. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the skies. Let, him, let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a degree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, you fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and all and the heavens, and he has risen up for his people a horn. The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, your name alone is exalted above all earth and in heaven. And everything you have created joins in a chorus of praise and thanksgiving. You have raised up for us the work of salvation. And we gather here to lift up our voices in the universal song of glory. You came into the world that all of it might be saved. And your mercy is extended to all your creatures. But we must confess, O oh God, that we become very selfish people. We cling to your grace and try to keep it for ourselves. We prejudge those who are different from us and seek to withhold the blessings of this life from them. All our foolish efforts but hinder your gracious will. We do not love one another as you have loved us. O oh Lord, this day our sins are heavy. We pray, O oh God, that you'd forgive us. Remake us in your own image. Help us to glorify you that we may go where you would have us to be and share the love of God with others. Just as we saw last week that Peter was filled with the Spirit and gave witness to your power, so give us your vision and let your Spirit dwell in us that by our witness, everyone on earth may hear the gift of salvation. We look for the vision of the new world while we live in this one. Especially we lift up those whose need for new sight is immediate. We pray, O oh God, that you'd wipe away every tear from the eyes of those who suffer. Comfort with your presence those who are alone. Give release to those whose pain of spirit is great. Grant peace to all who mourn and show your mercy to all those who are dying. Make real for us the promises of God and the new holy city, the new Jerusalem. Your grace comes to us who are unworthy of your care. And yet we know that you hear us this day, O Lord, not because of our worthiness, but because we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray when we were together with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
Please be seated. <coughs> Scripture reading today comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. Give attention to the reading of God's word. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the grace that drew us here, allowed us to be here this day through your spirit to worship. And we pray that same spirit help us to understand and to realize the wonderful promises of God. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, I entitled this sermon, Death by Chocolate. And I was told in the first service that, and I was told after and before, that that's exactly the way they wanted to go, death by chocolate. So. I said, I think you've got, uh, my wife will probably be right along there with you. You ever seen these uh, chocolate, uh, what are these, fountains, the chocolate fountains? Yes. She says she wants to dive into it. And one of these days she's probably will, and that's the way she'll probably go. But just those words, you know, kind of put a moisture into your mouth. And, and if you think about the restaurants you've gone through through the years, they usually they have some version of death by chocolate. They have uh, some extra rich or extra decadent, extra delight that, that's just great for us chocolaholics. And, but the thing is, is that this dessert offers uh, a, an attempt to sweeten a bitter reality. We can't escape death. We can't escape it. But have you ever noticed how often we try to laugh in the face of it with many of our comments? In the old days, the Westerns were a lot very popular. And I don't know if there's an equivalent to it today, but used to, you'd hear guys say, I want to die with my boots on. Any of you ever remember anybody saying that? Yes. Or oftentimes you'll hear men, I've heard many men say this to me, they'll say, I want to die in the arms of a beautiful woman. To which I usually say, I hope you're talking about your wife. These comments come out of our nervousness about facing the reality of death. You see, it really doesn't matter if you spend two hours a day sweating at the gym. It doesn't matter if you take every vitamin in the vitamin store. It doesn't matter what you do. You cannot stop that one day your earthly journey will end. It's the one sure event in all of our lives here that we will experience together without question. It's something we all have in common. But thinking about death seems to be pretty hard for us to do. But it's important for us to do occasionally, to think about it, 
Some people face death like um, the great writer Tolstoy was quoted as saying as he, right before he died, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And I think that might be the way most of us look upon this. And so the fact is that we're not sure what to do or how to do it. And so most of the time we don't even face it or talk about it. And it's almost as if if we don't acknowledge that our earthly journey is going to end, that somehow or another it will lose its ability to catch us in its grip. One of our confirmands, uh, during our confirmand class, we discussed the fact that the, probably the best way to face death is the way John Wesley f- it is, uh, it has been quoted to tell us that, uh, I mean, it's been quoted that John Wesley on his deathbed, uh, well, they, everyone thought he was already dead, in fact, that he raised up and said, best of all, God is with us. And that might be the best way to face it is to think about and to remember that we are not alone. Over in early service, we don't say the Apostles' Creed. And you who've been there before know we say a modern version of it, which it says clearly, in life, in death, you are not alone. You're not alone. But I'm, I will tell you that most of us still have a tendency to make jokes about it, and I guess that's okay. But it's important for us to think about it and to realize that it is something that we will face. Sometimes we face it with plenty of time to think about it, and other times we don't. But it reminded me of a funny story, and I couldn't help but tell it, of three friends who were together talking. And one of them says, uh, what do you hope will happen when people are looking at you or or at a funeral service and they're talking about you? What what do you hope will happen? Well, the first guy said, well, I hope that they'll say that I was a great doctor, a great family man. And the second guy says, I hope that they would say I was a wonderful husband and a good school teacher that made a difference in the world. And the last guy paused for a moment and then he said, I would like for them to say, look, he's moving. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the way we most feel. The thing is in today's scripture lesson though, the writer accepts the reality of death but reminds us that the resurrected Christ has a last word. The resurrected Christ has a last word over death. By Jesus willingly participating in death, by willingly experiencing the totality of human frailty, Jesus stands forever in solidarity with us, with the suffering that we all know that we go through as we journey through life. What an astounding thought to know that each of us will ultimately have in common with Jesus Christ all things, not including his death and his resurrection. You know, it was on the cross when he said it is finished that the world took possession of its greatest treasure and our greatest hope. Jesus' death and resurrection forever altered the meaning of death. And Jesus transformed death from something to be feared or to be manipulated uh, into a new beginning, to a new triumphant new life, an external, eternal existence. And yes, it brings tears. There's no doubt. But one day, there'll be no more crying. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. Our old enemy will be finally put to death himself. And that's something to rejoice. The Apostle Paul uh, had some words to say about these things that we go through. 
And I, I'm using a modern uh, uh, paraphrase, but it says the same thing. It was in second letter to Corinthians. Paul says, these troubles, these sufferings of ours, you know, they're really quite small. They don't last real long. Yet, this short time of distress results in the richest blessing from God that is forever and ever. And so, I don't look at what we can see right now, the troubles around us, and I urge you to look forward to the joys in heaven, these things we have not seen, because the troubles will soon be over, but the joys... The joys to come will, lie, will last a lifetime. And if you want to see the official versions of 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18. If we have confidence in Christ, if we have confidence in the once and for all nature of Jesus' death, then our lives become an extension of Christ's death and therefore our death need not be feared. And it need not be manipulated because we trust Christ to carry us in God's good providential timing through the valley of the shadow of death. You know why it's called the valley of the shadow of death? Because it's the shadow of itself. You see, it's a shadow of what it once was because it has lost its power over us. And as Christian disciples, our living takes on new power and new persistence because of this because of the death and resurrection of Christ, because we know that we will participate in the death and resurrection of Christ. It is something not to be feared, and it's definitely not something to be manipulated by human will. Someone once related this comparison. I just want to share it briefly with you. That the birth of a child into the world is a lot like a person passing through life into death and being reborn in heavenly realms. He, this person imagined that an unborn child might say, I don't want to be born. I like it here. All my needs are met. It's warm. It's comfortable. You know, I don't know if I want to be born into this world. And you can hear the mother or the father pleading, come on, come on out. It's really good here. Trust me, trust me. And so we can also hear the Heavenly Father the same way talking to us about, come on through the door to my presence. Come on into death, you see. I've made provision for you beyond this life, you see. I know life is awesome, but it's just a passageway to my presence. And so the old argument goes the same way. I don't understand what you're talking about, Lord. I kind of like it here. I have a hard time believing it's going to be any better than this. You know, I, I kind of like the, the rain and the sun and the seashore and the mountains and all that stuff. The bottom line is we all have trouble trusting that something is better that we have not seen or experienced. That's a fact. And it caused the writer of Hebrews to remind us that faith is confidence in what we hope for. It gives us assurance about things we cannot now see. And so the question, I always like to ask the question of the scripture. What's the question? The question me, to me is, are we resisting God's, God's promises when we try to manipulate in selfish ways the beginning and ending of our life? 
Will we trust God or have we succumbed to fear or human desire? My friends, our death must never be feared. It must never be manipulated by selfish human will. It's a promise of God like all our other promises. And it's one we should grab hold of and claim and live as we live through this journey. Someone once said that I, to me, he, says I, he said, I pray that you will live until the word of your life is fully spoken. And at the time, you know, I, I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I get that. But as I grow older, I seem to understand that better. And so I offer you the same prayer this day. I pray that you will live until the word of your life is fully spoken. And then you will accept God's good and perfect will for your next journey. Amen.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.